0: Hey there! This is uh, an introductory episode of a new series that I'm doing on the Plain Spoken podcast. We haven't decided what we're calling it yet, but the intention of this series is to prepare delegates and laity and clergy for the upcoming General Conference in Charlotte this April for the United Methodist Church. I've signed on to this to be a, a host and moderator, but I am not going to be a, a primary uh, voice of analysis in this time. I'm no longer a United Methodist, but There are four United Methodists that have signed on to do some analysis, to work their way through the content of what the General Conference will be considering probably this April. There has not been a final uh, agenda published, and so there are going to be a lot of moving pieces. However, uh, we knew that if the General Conference is going to do a good job, that we needed to do our part to try and Equip those who are making these decisions, having these conversations. And so, to that end, um, I feel really great about this crew that has been assembled. This was not my dream, but it's something that I'm happy to facilitate. And so, uh, we're going to go down the line and introduce everybody. We have Odell Horn, Joseph DePaulo. Simon Mafunda and Lonnie Brooks. Each of these uh, people is is very intelligent and gifted in different ways, have very different viewpoints. I think that they're going to do an excellent job equipping the General Conference to do its work, and so it's our hope that if you subscribe and, and follow along with all this, that you will be equipped to know what's coming down the line, and that you can perhaps help us equip others to also know what's coming down the line. So I'm Jeffrey Rickman. I'm in northeastern Oklahoma. I'm a global Methodist pastor, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do my best not to figure into these conversations very much at all. So instead, uh, at this time, I'm just gonna turn to each gentleman here and ask for one minute introductions for who they are, uh, so that you feel like you have kind of an understanding of of uh, where they come from and and where they are located within the United Methodist Church. So. Uh, We'll we'll do one-minute introductions. Odell, would you please go first?
1: Uh, Thank you, Jeffrey. My name is Odell Horn. I am a lay delegate from the North Georgia Conference. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, grew up in Rochester, New York, and I've been in, in the United Methodist Church since 2004, and I attend Impact Church in East Point, Georgia.
0: Very good. Joe, you next. I'm
2: Joe DiPaolo. I uh, live in eastern Pennsylvania. For the last eight and a half years, I've been the lead pastor of uh, First United Methodist Church of uh, Lancaster, a very active city urban church. Um, Been uh, ordained in the United Methodist Church since 1988, so I've had a lot of years of uh, serving in churches and have served at every level in the Uh, of the connection, including as a delegate to, I think, six jurisdictional and three general conferences. Um, Married for 30, gosh, 38 plus years and three children and now three grandchildren that are the apples of
0: my eye. So that's me. Simon, introduce us to you.
3: Um, I'm Simon Mafunda. Right, I come from Zimbabwe, from the Zimbabwe East Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. I I am the vice president of the Westland Covenant Association in charge of Africa. And I'm also the coordinator of the Africa Initiative the only unofficial caucus uh, traditional caucus uh, in africa i've served as a delegate to the general conference uh, about three three times now i was at the special session in in missouri but as we go to the upcoming uh, umc general conference i can only go as a standing committee member on our central conference matters. A working committee of the general conference and our term expires at the adjournment of this upcoming general conference. I've served in various other capacities, general church level and central conference level. I'm excited to be part of this conversation.
0: Thank you. Very good. Lonnie.
4: I'm Lonnie Brooks, and uh, I'm a first reserve delegate to this uh, upcoming general conference, the conference that never ends. Uh, I have been... Part of the General Conference uh, since 2000, uh, as at one capacity or another, uh, very active legislatively in the church as well as judicially, uh, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, what this next chapter in the United Methodist Church will bring. Uh, it uh, is fraught with uh, possibilities, some of them good, some of them not so good, uh, and. Uh, uh, all of them interesting and exciting. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jeffrey, for convening this group and for giving me the opportunity to participate.
0: Well, it's uh, it's nothing but an honor for me. I've I've great respect for all four of you, and of course, on my uh, channel, I've interviewed all all four of you. Um, I'm going to summarize what I understand e- the the role each of the four of you to play, and then I'm going to turn to each of you again to 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 fill that out. But starting with Odell. Odell uh, readily calls himself a critical race theorist. He has been concerned primarily with questions of racial equality in the United Methodist Church, and he's very much helped to serve as a a voice of holding different people in leadership accountable to the words that they say and the values that they hold. Um, Joseph DiPaolo is uh, a traditionalist, conservative pastor, as I understand him, but he serves a church that is evenly spread theologically and wants to try and chart a course forward that is fair and good to all people in the United Methodist Church. Simon, of course, being from Africa, understands um, uh, a perspective that is not American. Uh, Located in Zimbabwe, it's always important to say different African countries... different countries. Africa is not a monolith, uh, but even so, Simon does ministry with a lot of different African United Methodists in a lot of different nations and can um, uh, much more adequately represent them and speak for them than uh, anybody else here. And then Lonnie is a centrist, uh, liberal in some ways. He is in favor of liberalizing the position of the United Methodist Church with respect to homosexuality. Uh, But even so, he wants it to be done in the right way. He cares very much about institutional integrity and uh, respect for one another. So he's a voice of peace in in a time of of unreason. So um, I want to go back down the line. And uh, for viewers who are considering subscribing to this and and tuning in to what you folks have to say, answer for them, anticipate for them, oh, can I really trust these guys and what's their agenda? Uh, I'll give you four to five minutes apiece. Starting uh, with Odell, the question is, can you explain what your intentions are, what your hopes are for this series, why you're participating in this, um, and and if people listen to it, what what you hope they get out of it?
1: Uh, Thank you, Jeffrey, for the question. The intention of this series was for lay delegates to be informed about the legislation that is coming before general conference we will have a formal meeting I believe February 29th through March 1st that'll give us an introduction to the general conference but to work through the legislation uh, I received in 2020 the books that are the advanced Christian daily advocate and uh, those are some textbooks uh, and so just sort of working through that is a process but I don't know if people have kept that on the front burner or if they have put that in the bookshelf and forgot that we even received it. And so just going through the legislation that we already have and understanding that there will be uh, additional legislation that is going to be included in Advance uh, Christian Daily Advocate, just going through that legislation and and talking through the legislation is what I know that we'll be doing this in committee. But uh, sometimes uh, uh, people have said that the sausage making, uh, people don't like the sausage making but they like to buy the product which is the sausage and so this is a little bit of sausage making just going through the legislation to see what's actually in it uh, that we will be considering for the United Methodist Church going forward. So what do I it, want you to get out of this? I just want you to This will be uh, an explainer video or or just a conversation, but just we're going to explain that legislation and give our perspectives from lay and clergy delegates across the United Methodist Church on how we see this legislation. And um, we would like to hear from you. Uh, We cast the net wide. We included Women, we included people, more people from outside the United States, and this is the four people who have agreed to be a part of this conversation. So we are going to move forward with the people who said yes, and we're going to go through this legislation, and we're just going to talk through the legislation because what I see is a lot of people who are doing podcasts who are doing, having conferences at their churches, and they're talking about legislation, they're talking about the United Methodist Church, they're talking about general conference, and very few lay people are in those conversations. And so um, I, I wanted to put some lay people in conversation with some clergy and see what we come up with.
0: Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that on this panel, it's three clergy No, three laity and one clergy. Joe, you're the only clergy. The other three are laity. And so, yeah, I think you're right, Odell, to highlight that this is uh, a distinctly uh, lay-led initiative, and the voice of laity will be overrepresented here, which is probably a good thing. So, Joe, why don't you uh, pick up from there and and, uh, answer the same questions and concerns?
2: Sure. I think, Jeffrey, you might qualify as clergy, too, at least with some experience in the UMC in mm-hmm. that angle. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, I guess what I'm hoping that we are able to do for me personally, I hope to both uh, uh, become informed and informative uh, through this. Um, my own um, situation, I'm not a delegate to the upcoming general conference. My, You might say my poll numbers went down pretty precipitously after the St. Louis fiasco. Um, so I have not been a part of the the delegations' preparations with you know uh, meetings and uh, seminars to get people oriented to the legislation. So this will be good discipline for me to to do that so that I can become more fully informed on on what's happening. I know major issues are coming before the general conference: you know, regionalization plan, uh, Episcopal reform, uh, a lot of things, the new social principles, and uh, so I'm looking forward to, to becoming better informed myself. Also, then, to become a, a source and resource for people, um, so that I can help other people become better informed. I do get calls and people want to know what's happening and what's 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 going down and what's likely to happen uh, so I think that'll all be very helpful. Uh, I think this is going to be a pivotal general conference for the United Methodist Church, getting everything that 's happening uh, with regard to the unfolding division uh, this kind of crossroads moment with uh, things like regionalization and uh, the input of the African uh, Church, especially, which I think has grown now beyond in numbers uh, the Church in America, so that's going to that's going to be very uh, very impactful what happens there. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to also just getting to know these folks on the call a bit better. Some of whom I know, some of whom I more know of, and um, expecting that uh, we'll have some really good uh, conversation and debate together. And as, as for Who it will benefit? I think uh, I think it's going to benefit the church at large. Certainly, the United Methodist Church, but I think beyond that, uh, what happens in the United Methodist Church is going to affect, I think, the wider Methodist family as well of churches. There are something like eighty Methodist denominations around the world uh, that all relate together through the World Methodist uh, Conference, and uh, we are connected, and we are. It has an impact. So my hope is that uh, our conversations will add something to people's understanding. Um, and that will reverberate throughout various Methodisms going forward. Wouldn't
0: that be nice? That would be wonderful. Yeah, I've told a few people about the the dream team that's been assembled here, and they go, "Ooh, that's a really good group of guys." So I'm, I'm thinking that uh, that this is going to hit that button that needs to get hit. Uh, Simon, uh, and for viewers or listeners just understand Simon is half a world away with uh, somewhat poor internet connection and that's just fine we are very happy to have Simon with us but if there's any kind of delays that I forget to edit out just be gracious but Simon Mafunda, you're now going to continue to answer the same question what are your hopes dreams for what this series can be
3: Uh, thank you Jeff uh, I I really am excited and uh, very hopeful that uh, the African message will get to as many delegates as possible. To start with, we 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 as Africans uh, we we are coming from a place where we are accused that there are people who think for us.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We are coming from a place where uh, people believe that we are given direction by certain people from some quarters of the denomination, and this is the time that we really want the African voice to be heard, and I believe in this process, we need to realize that we need each other in order to go through this particular phase. I, I know people are very excited, uh, the hype is is really unbelievable about the regionalization, but if you come to Africa, you realize that it could be a different thing altogether. People see differently, and we need to, to consider these issues seriously together, because we believe that there's, there are some serious issues of fairness that we need to address, that we need to, to give out to the people, so that to at least... Our counterparts will understand us better. And for African delegates, they are not as fortunate as other delegates outside there, especially maybe in America. African delegates don't seem to have the opportunity to, to meet and discuss, you know, these petitions beforehand and unpack them and, you know, do all those things. We don't seem to have that opportunity so what 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 needs to come out of this for me is an opportunity for african delegates to really think and analyze the important petitions that are beforehand i i don't seem to think that uh delegates have the the the, the hunger and thirsty to go through the big manual of adca I, I think they are likely to want to pull out the most important pieces of legislation which determine where we are going to go from May 2024. So we need uh, our African delegates to understand that. And then from there, they need to deliver a special message and they need an opportunity to be heard and to be taken seriously. And to convince the world that we, no one thinks of Africans, we think for ourselves, And we have a pathway that we believe the world needs to understand and see. So I think this conversation is going to be very important for for, for me, and uh, especially coming from Africa. Uh, I think I'll end there
0: for now. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Simon. All right, Lonnie, hopes, dreams, uh, expectations for uh, this series as we go forward.
4: Thank you, Jeffrey. My pleasure to be part of this conversation. Uh, You know, in 2016, General Conference adopted a couple of pieces of legislation that uh, guaranteed that uh, petitions uh, submitted would would get a hearing, Um, that every petition would have to receive a vote in a legislative committee, and those approved in legislative committees would have to be uh, considered uh, on the floor in a plenary session. Uh, however, we have to step back from that a bit and, and remember that there are thousands of petitions that are submitted to each general conference. Uh, and and in fact, for this coming general conference, we've had three different opportunities now to submit petitions, uh, not just the original one because the judicial council ruled that every time the general conference is delayed, it reopens the window for many petitions. And I know for certain that petitions continued to come in during those delayed periods, uh, at least in part because I know I submitted a bunch each time. Uh, So so that happened. And so we'll likely have more petitions even at this general conference than we would have normally at any other. And it would be uh, beyond uh, the realm of possibility that Each one of those petitions could receive the same level of concern at a general conference, even though each one has to be considered. So we know that there's going to be a prioritization uh, and there's no real uh, mechanism formally established in a general conference by which such prioritization happens. Now, mind you, the uh, Commission on the General Conference has uh, stated in one of its pronouncements that uh, this matter of regionalization is of such significance that they're gonna allocate time in each of the legislative committees for conversation about that. I think that's a, a rather feeble attempt, actually. I think there's a better way to handle that. Uh, but in any case, prioritization is gonna happen. And that means that some petitions will be will get more attention than others. And what I think uh, our task will be uh, among, uh, whatever else we decide we want to accomplish will be to 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 participate in that process of prioritization let 's decide what's important and put put our emphasis there uh, work primarily for those and there are other things that however important they may be in the life of the church, may need to take a back seat for the for the moment uh, uh, and uh, perhaps move. In a different direction uh, for this coming general conference. So, if we can if we can help with that process, I think we'll have done a really good job and serve the church well.
0: Yeah, it bears saying uh, for all of us, even me, and a lot of people are going to be suspicious of global Methodist clergy uh, being a part of this conversation at all. All five of us want the United Methodist Church to glorify God and to prosper insofar as it glorifies Him. Uh, We want to build up. We don't want to tear down. In the conversations leading up to putting this together, all all of us were of the mind we don't want to insult or assassinate anybody's character. Uh, We don't want our speech to be primarily negative. Uh, We do Uh, Different ones of us have uh, negative understandings of uh, some of the underpinnings of the things that will come before the general conference, but we're not going to be nasty in our critiques. We just want to be well-reasoned and respectful in in what we put forward, and so everybody's already signed on for that, uh, everybody here. Um, Going forward, I I knew we needed to—you know, a lot of people may or may not be interested in this. Uh, One of the things that should be obvious to to some people is— uh, of the four of you guys, some are much more people oriented, some are much more policy oriented. You're very gifted in in speaking about these different sectors, and um, so a lot of people, you know, might be very interested in one or two voices, and then go, I don't know about these others. What kind of people are we hoping will sign on to this? You guys have already talked about. We really hope delegates to General Conference listen to this. We hope that this is a an adequate preparation for them. But is this is something that we also want? the laity of the, the, the United Methodist Church listening to who just want to um, know what's going on. Are we, are we going to tailor it for that, or are we primarily going to tailor it for delegates? What, what do you guys think is wise? Uh, we won't go in any particular order now. If, if anybody has any uh, thoughts on, hey, we really want this demographic to listen to us, uh, go ahead and speak that.
3: I believe, I believe where we are now, Jeff. Uh, our listeners are are going to be many. The net is much wider because even the ordinary pew members in the denomination are waiting to see uh, what are the cardinal, what are the cardinal petitions which will determine the direction of the denomination. So of course our priority will be the delegates to general conference, but of course there are those paying a listening ear. They haven't been speaking, but they are keen to know what are these going, delegates going to do about where we should go after May, uh, whatever May six after the of general conference. What decisions are going to be taken? That goes back to maybe what uh, my brother Lonnie um, mentioned, that we are going to need to prioritize uh, you know, what we are going to discuss and try and push through general conference. In not every little petition is going to be that important because I think our people are really waiting to, to hear what key de- decisions are going to be made. I, I mentioned about regionalization. I know there is not much talk yet about other pieces of legislation, like the ones coming from Africa uh, on or, disaffiliation, or because uh, Africans are, are coming from a point where they are saying, "No, no, there has there has been some unfairness here." So, so there are other issues that they are bringing in that will determine where we should go as a, as a denomination. So, I I think the top priority will be the delegates to General Conference. Then, of course many other individuals, ordinary people, they are listening, they are searching on internet, they are going on these uh, 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 you know, uh, um, websites to try and de- de- discern where are we going now. So, so I think that's, that's how I would put it. Uh, many people are listening and they, they really want to hear what key decisions are going to be taken by General Conference. So our listeners are going to be very many. Thank you, Jeff.
2: Jeff, I I would echo a lot of that. I I do think that an awful lot of the audience will be ordinary rank and file, United Methodists and others, um, who I think are interested in getting good information. You know, it, it it used to be the case that people were, before the Internet especially, people didn't know what was going on at the annual or general conference level much at all. I didn't have much access to that information. The problem today is you have access, but people tend to be, they tend to tune into folks that have a particular perspective. So one of the things that excites me about this is that we have a good range of perspective here. And so I think hopefully if this, if, if it catches on and people hear about it, it will be very helpful to a wide audience of ordinary rank and file folks, because uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to let each other get away with stuff and that's going to be good. So, so I'm hoping it's a pretty broad audience.
0: Anything to add from either uh, uh, Odell or Lonnie? All right.
1: Yeah, I want to echo that, um, what Joe stated. I shouldn't have to go to a Black Methodist for Church renewal meeting to get information about General Conference, or Reconciling Ministries Network meeting to get information about General Conference, or Wesleyan Covenant Association meeting to get information about General Conference. Uh, I, I really envision this as it being just a blanket, general, castor net wide approach. This is what is before General Conference and this is for uh, the members in the pews who if a decision is made in May will be considering whether they want to remain in the United Methodist Church or not but they'll have a whole lot of questions of how did this happen? How come I didn't know about it? Um, And that information should be given up beforehand and shouldn't have to go to meetings of special interest groups in order to get that information that should be, that should be talked about widely. And um, so I, really envision this if we could just be as nonpartisan as we possibly can in getting this information out about the legislation at general conference. Of course we'll have our, um, we'll choose sides on, on whatever we, dis- that are, the legislation as personal to us, but just to keep in mind that the people in the pews, should not be blindsided by decisions that are being made. And reading about this, it's in abcnews.com or watching this on CNN, and there's been no conversation
0: before. Yeah, that all sounds right to me. And of course, we're going to try to be objective. And of course, no human is actually objective. We all have our own biases, but the hope of this is that we'll correct one another and add texture to one another, and that this really will be better than what uh, any caucus group is able to offer. I should acknowledge there, there are going to be people that are just concerned about me being a part of this project. I'm apolog- unapologetically uh, traditionalist conservative, and I left the United Methodist Church behind, and I generate content regularly that's critical of the United Methodist Church. None of that is going to figure in here at all, um, and if that does turn out being um, a, a big obstacle, then we will, we will move it somewhere else because people, I think, do need to hear your voices. And, and the hope here was I've already got a big platform, so why don't I give it to you guys and, and, and to this effort? Um, so I hope that that's not an obstacle to people who would otherwise pay attention. But go ahead and, you know, if, I'll say it now and we'll say it several times uh, over the course of this. If you have feedback that you want to offer about any of this, you can email me at plainspokenpod at gmail.com. I'm really good about staying on top of emails. And then um, the last section I, I was going to have us talk about was just on how viewers or listeners, whether or not they're listening or, or watching, how they can help this effort going forward. Assuming that we are what we're presenting here and that it's a, a worthy effort, what would we ask of people who also find it a worthy effort? Um, I... I'll say on the front end, I I hope people feel unashamed or unafraid to contact their their delegates and make sure that their delegates are watching or listening, but also to share within their local church where they are, to just forward us wherever they encounter it uh, to others and just to be able to say, hey, I think these guys are, are doing a worthy task here and I think we should pay attention um, I, I think all of us feel good about asking people to do that. Speak a little bit more to that. Either any of you, for what would you encourage someone who's who's spent these thirty minutes with us? What do you want them to do after they they end this?
1: Jeffrey, let me uh, uh, before we get to that. Let me just state that the purpose of this is to. Um, additionally, we're we're not uh, trying to critique people. We're we're trying to critique ideas. And if you have a critique of the work that we're getting ready to do in the book For the Life of the World by Miroslav Volf, he says that theologians have a critique of the critique and offer no answers. So, uh this is America's built on competition. If this is not a podcast that you don't like, then I suggest that you develop your own and you offer the same kind of format to lay delegates to general conference and lay members of the church and discuss the legislation the criticism of lay people trying to discuss legislation for general conference um yeah that that sounds like the system trying to suppress voices because they're trying to get something passed that they don't want people to talk about and uh, you know I I I'm a member of a union so I, I feel some kind of way about that. But go ahead with your question. I apologize.
0: I, I think that's a very worthy uh, insight to have, and I think, I think that was said perfectly. So, yeah, let's let's go back to the, the final bit, which was people who are listening to this and given it a, a chance and are optimistic about it. What would we ask of them to do after the podcast concludes?
2: I'd say I think I'd like to hear from them as to where they'd like uh, us to concentrate efforts. There's a lot, as Lonnie indicated, there's an awful lot coming before the general conference. Just as they have to prioritize, maybe we need to. My understanding is that our format is that we'll probably focus on a particular area each episode. So maybe one episode will be, uh, you know, the the regionalization plan. Maybe folks want two episodes on that. I don't know. Uh, So where would they like to see us prioritize? and, And what are the critical questions they see? that they'd like answered from what we can glean in the legislation.
0: All right, nobody else is unmuting. So um, I I think we've been pretty clear about our intentions and and what we hope you will do. Um, All of us, we're about to conclude this this episode, but after we do, we're going to stay on the line. We're going to figure out just first steps— how it is that we're going to schedule things out? Uh, whether we're going to be able to do this every week, every other week? There are a lot of things still up in the air. But I know the expectation is that anytime we get together, we're not spitballing. We will have already decided what we're talking about, what resources we will have consulted. We will have. Uh, I'm well. I'm going to take myself out of it. Uh, the four here will have informed perspectives that that are in dialogue with one another, so that you benefit not from a shooting from the hip approach, but from an approach that's really been meditative and and faithful. So, uh, keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind um, we have uh, represent. If in, in case it was lost on you, we have representatives from Georgia. New Jersey, Alaska, and Zimbabwe. These are all over the world. Logistically putting this together is going to be complicated. It's going to be our sincere hope to have all four voices represented every single time, um, but just keep in mind that sometimes that's not going to be possible maybe, and, and we still need to put some content out here. So anytime someone's voice is not included, it's not because we've we've blocked them out, it's just because logistically this is challenging. And then something else to keep in mind is um, that uh, uh, I don't know that the the chemistry is not going to be the same as as five people sitting together in a room. We're obviously muting the microphones and and trying to navigate all this well. So be gracious with us as we try to be gracious with one another. But I, I I'm hoping and expecting that this is going to be a format and the content is going to be so rich as to uh, justify you bearing with any um, imperfections on our end. So. I'm ready to conclude uh, this inventory uh, introductory episode. Gentlemen, was there anything else to say before we uh, uh, conclude this podcast? Okay. We are shaking our heads, and it looks like it's the end. So, friends, uh, I appreciate you spending your time with us. Make sure to promote this if you think it's a good thing. And if you don't think it's a good thing, take Odell's invitation, start your own good thing. People need to know what's coming up, Let's do our part to uh, shine light in the dark places and make sure that whatever the United Methodist Church does this April, that they do it with eyes wide open and sober minds motivated not by tribal instincts, but by reason and conscience and most important, faith. So God bless you. We will be seeing you in another week or two. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this time. We sure did. All right.